Well, I am so honored to be with you today. What a tremendous privilege it is. And I just love JC and Kimberly. Don't you love your pastors? Yes, they are so wonderful. Love their children and just love this church. What an amazing church this is. You know, Dino has been able to speak to you several times, and I was able to come with him in December. And no joke, you guys are one of our favorite churches on the planet. And I'm not kidding. Won't you give yourselves a hand clap? You are one of the best there is, and we are so proud of you guys. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there today. Um, you know, whether you're a biological mom, whether you're an adopted or spiritual mom, maybe you're a mentor, an encourager, or a teacher, or maybe, like Kimberly said, you're struggling with infertility or maybe miscarriages, you know, don't give up. God has a perfect plan for you. And we know that he's going to bring that heart's desire to pass in whatever way that he sees fit. Amen. But you're all our heroes. We celebrate you today. So one more time, can we give a big hand clap to all the women in the house? All the women. Come on, men. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. This morning at our hotel, we had a Dunkin' Donuts right by our hotel. And, man, it was looking really good. But the drive through line was so cute because it was all the daddies in the drive through line getting donuts to bring back to their families, to those moms. I love that. Well, I want to show you a picture of my family. Um, you might have seen it before that Dino brought. But this is my little tribe. And just love each and every one of them. So excited that um, most of them are going to be able to be with us in the next service. My son couldn't be here, but the rest of the clan the Rizzo clan will be here. Um, that's my daughter on the end, Isabella. She's the youngest. Dino, my wonderful husband. And then Dylan on the other side of me. And our daughter, McCall, and her husband. I still can't believe I have a child married, Trey. And we are ready for some grandbabies. I'm like, hurry it up. You have been married almost three years. Come on, I'm ready. <laughs> and they're just like, we're not ready. I'm like, that doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> this mama is ready to be I don't know what my name is going to be, but it's going to be cute. I'm going to come up with a good little Gigi honey. You know, one of the, if you have any suggestions, come give them to me after service. But it's the greatest joy and honor of my life to be Dino's wife and the mother to my children. And I know you feel the same way about your family, and that is truly the way I feel. But before we get into the message this morning, and I know this has been a trying year for everyone. Can you say amen? Maybe just a little bit. So I want to show you this funny video. We can laugh just a little bit more, um, and maybe you can relate to it. So take a look. Let us pray. Father God, I am a child of God. What I am not is a homeschool teacher. God, I'm at home, but Lord, ain't no teaching going on around here. Father God, I am your humble servant. What I am not is a math teacher, God. Lord God, the spirit of common core has attacked our household. And right now, the only thing we have in common is frustration and no answer to the math problem, Lord God. I ask that you send down your angels of the carryover, Lord. Teach her that if you carry the one over to the tenth place, you can get the answer, Lord God. Lord God, I am a layman in your vineyard. What I am not is the cafeteria lady, Lord. Yet again, the devil has attacked and sent down a tapeworm onto my child, Lord God. And I need you to help her to understand, Lord, that just because there's a refrigerator 
don't mean the door got to be open. And just because there's a stove don't mean the eye has to be on. I am not Dennis, IHOP, Shonis, nor Waffle House, Lord God. Lord God, right now, I need her to understand that his times are tough right now, Lord God. But I see if things continue the way that they are going, Lord God. Not only am I your child, but I'm going to be an inmate because I'm going to jail, Lord God. I, I don't look good in orange. I don't look good in a jumpsuit, Lord God. But Lord, I ask that you, that you change the way things are going right now, Father God, and bless every teacher because they got a special place in heaven. Ain't no way that I could do it, Lord God. Ain't no way. Amen. 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 Isn't that awesome? How many can relate to that? <laughs> Woo! I don't think I could have done it. Thank goodness my kids were too old for me to homeschool them because I used to teach school way back in the day, first grade, and I would try to help my kids with their homework, and they always said I did not know what I was talking about, so I would have definitely been in an orange suit if I had to, to homeschool them during COVID. So it's so fun to laugh, isn't it? Moms, I hope you can laugh today and just enjoy your day and feel loved and spoiled. So I want to pray over you this morning before we get into the word. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you that you are here with us. God, that you love each and every person. Lord, every mom, every woman, every man, every child. And God, I pray a special blessing over the moms, Lord, that they will feel loved and celebrated and valued and know their purpose today, that it is the hardest job, but it's the most important job. And God, we thank you for it. And everybody said, amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy 6, verse 5 through 9. Or if you have your phone, you know, you version. I can't even hardly read my Bible anymore. I have to have glasses, so I just pull it up on my phone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Don't you love the word of God? I love these verses. You know, we weren't perfect as parents, but we definitely tried to make our home an atmosphere of Jesus. I love this scripture because what does it say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Impress these commands, what Jesus says for us to do, onto your children. And when does it say to talk about it? All the time, when you're at home, when you're out, when you lie down, when you get up. You know, when you're taking that child to cheer practice, when you're at a football game, a baseball game, wherever the opportunity is, let's put Jesus in there, amen? So, you know, our kids, they grew up as pastor's kids, and, you know, we tried not to, um, you know, force them to get saved or coerce them, but, you know, we knew they would each find their own journey in their own time and their own way, but we knew very early on that they needed Jesus, <laughs> very early on, you know, because they loved the word no, they were very stubborn, and they were very strong-willed, just like their daddy. You know, this is so great to be on this side this morning because, you know, he loves to do this to me when he's up here and I'm down there, so I am going to lay it on thick, so help me out today, church. <laughs> no, but it's a lot, they're a lot like me too. But we knew early on that they need Jesus quick. They, they need him quick. So our oldest, 
she, um, she went to church kids camp. Man, don't you love church kids camp? And she went one summer, you know, after shaving cream fights and horseback riding and water slides, she goes to that night service and so exhausted, she just decides, I'm going to receive Jesus, I think, because she's so tired and she just wants to go to bed. But hey, We'll take it any way we can get it, right? So she receives Jesus at church kids camp. Love that. And then our youngest, Bella, she was only five. I think McCall was about seven. Bella was five. She, um, she knew she needed Jesus even earlier. And I remember just on a regular day during the week, we were at home. Her brother and sister were doing homework at the kitchen table. And she came up to me and she said, Mommy, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. And I had the honor of leading her to Jesus just right there in our kitchen and her repeating a prayer after me. It was just beautiful. And then we've got our son, Dylan, who's in the middle, who likes to do things his own way. Anybody have a middle child that just, you know, has to do things a little a little different, a little harder? And he's our question-asking child, always asked a million questions. And Dino loved it because he was that type of child, ADD you know, ask about every little thing. And I'm just not, I'm, I'm not going to ask a lot of questions because I'm just going to figure it out on my own. <laughs> but Dylan would ask so many questions. You know, what is heaven like? You know, like if we got in a plane, do you think we could touch heaven? You know, the questions that we all wonder, but as a little child, it was so cute. Is the devil really real? Like how hot is hell? You know, just wanting to know, and we're like, it's really hot. You don't want to go there. You know, we are laying it on thick. And so I remember back in the day, we had this play at our church called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. Anybody ever heard of that? So we had that play way back, and I remember Dylan went with Dino to rehearsals for that play. And our youth pastor was dressed up as the devil, and he was going to portray the devil in this play that was put on. And so Dylan told us that he was terrified of our of that mask that he wore and terrified of our youth pastor. And for years, when he would see him just in the hallway at ch- of church, he was so scared of him still because he pictured him as the devil. As the devil, he couldn't imagine he was still the youth pastor. But he, you know, went to those rehearsals, and by the time the play started, the very first night, Dylan said. Daddy, he nudged him and said, I want to go down to the altar at the end of that play when he was about eight years old. And he said, you know what, I, I see this devil, you know, our youth pastor dressed up as one, but I really don't want to see the real devil. So I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. So I just love it. They all come differently, right? Some we feel like we have to drag in, but thank, G- thank the Lord they're going to come in. Amen. They're going to all come to know Jesus. But, you know, church, we've got to make the most of this time. This life, this one life that we've been given, our one family. And after a year like we've all had, let's decide today that we are going to make a greater influence. We're going to make our family stronger. Amen? And we're going to put God first every day. Do you want that in your homes? So I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on the impact of a mother. The impact of a mother. If you're taking notes, jot that down. And even though we're talking a lot to moms today, Can I tell you, everyone can receive something. So don't tune me out this morning, but still lean in. Amen, because we can all receive from this. The first impact that I want to talk to you about is the touch of a mother. The touch of a mother. Just think about that first touch with a baby and his mother. It is so special. 
I don't know, you moms, if you can remember that first touch. You carry that baby in your womb for so long, and all you can think about is, I can't wait to hold him. I can't wait to hold her. I can't wait to smell that baby. There is nothing like the smell of a baby. Baby lotioned up. Oh, I can still smell it. I can't wait to baby lotion my grandbaby one day. You just want to just kiss him to death. They're just so precious. Can you imagine how many touches that a mother gives over her lifetime? Thousands and thousands and thousands of touches. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's a squeeze, an embrace. Maybe a love tap or maybe a little pinch. How many of you know that mama pinch right here? Man, my kids were reminding me of it the other day. Remember mama used to pinch us on the shoulder and you know, kind of give that little gritted teeth look a little bit and get my attention. Hey, we got to do those touches too sometimes. But these touches make a huge difference and a huge impact in the lives of our children and our families and our spouses. But can you also imagine the opposite? A home or a person's life without these touches, without an embrace, without a holding of a hand, it can be devastating and so detrimental. How many of you ever done the love languages? Dr. Gary Chapman, anybody ever done those love languages and you rate your top five? And he has them all figured out. It's amazing. We did those, Dino and I, years ago. And his number one love language was physical touch. His number five was quality time. Can you guess what my number one was? Quality time. And what was my number five? Physical touch. So funny how we can be that way. Total opposites. Now, we've evolved, and our love languages, I think, are a little different as we've gotten older. But even if our love language, number one, is not touch, we need to be touched. We need to be loved. Even if our children's number one love language is not touch, they need a hug, mamas. They need an embrace. They need a pat on the back. Amen? They need to know that they are special and that you love them. Maybe you say, I didn't, I didn't grow up in a family like that. I didn't grow up where we were affectionate or we told each other that we love one another. Maybe we didn't do that. Can I encourage you today to stop that cycle right now in your life and in your home and you decide we are going to, we're going to be lovey-dovey. We're going to love on our kids. We're going to hug them. We're going to squeeze them and tell them how valuable and precious they are every day because they need it. You know, this year that we've had, it's been all about social distancing, right? Six feet apart. Man, I say no more of that. Let's bring our families in. Let's hug them. Let's squeeze them. Let's tell them they're so awesome. You know, what about the intangible touch? Those intangibles that you can't really put your finger on or you can't really put into words, but it's how you feel. You know what I mean? You know, I'm 51 years old, and I'm going to go see my mom this week and celebrate with her Mother's Day. But there is nothing like when I'm around my parents to this day, and they're probably watching, hey, Mom and Dad. Um, how they make me feel. They just make me feel like, I mean, I could do anything. I am the best girl in the world. I'm the best mama. I'm the best wife. I'm the best daughter. They just pump me up, and they make me feel their touch. So important, those intangible touches 
families. But, you know, mamas and daddies can make us feel great. But nobody can make us feel as great as who? Jesus. Jesus. He can make us feel amazing. He can bring healing to our hearts. He can touch those messy, broken pieces that no one else can. Jesus can heal us everywhere we hurt. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. I love that. Everything we need is found in Jesus. Everything he did on the cross, he paid that price for us. There is healing in Jesus. Number two, the example of a mother. The example of a mother. Wow. I mean, so many times we feel like we, we fall so short, moms, but we are, we are making a great impact on our kids. You know, it's amazing the roles that we play. Kimberly talked about it a little bit. We're cooks, we're nurses, we're maids, we're teachers, counselors, stylists, secretaries. I mean, my kids still in their 20s feel like I'm their personal assistant. We're their chauffeurs. You know, we wear a lot of hats. And it is the hardest job on the planet. Amen, mamas? The hardest job. It is not for the faint of heart, but it is the most rewarding job there is to Nothing that is great comes easy. It's tough. It's hard. We're in the trenches. But we have to do it. You know, I know when my kids were little, Dino would call me. And I felt so just, you know, alone half the time. Hadn't brushed my teeth. Still had on my jammies. My hair was a wreck. Can you relate? And sitting there with toddlers and feeding them Kraft mac and cheese. And Dino would call me, hey, what you doing? Just having the best day. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just sitting here feeding the kids mac and cheese, eating mac and cheese with them, their crumbs, whatever they don't eat, you know. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I'm at Ruth's Chris, you know, having a meeting, eating a steak. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, don't even tell me. You know, have you ever been there? It was almost like I kind of was a little resentful, even though I knew I was, I was taking care of our precious children. It was just like don't call me anymore and tell me what you're having for lunch because I'm having SpaghettiOs or mac and cheese. But it's so important, and we can feel insignificant and underappreciated, and no one notices, and our kids never tell us thank you. And sometimes our husbands just expect it. But God sees. God sees what you do, moms. And let me tell you, it's for eternal purpose, eternal value. Amen? But just think about, maybe you think, I'm not that great of an example. But think about how selfless you were just to give birth. Maybe in a really tough situation, but you put that baby first above yourself. That in itself is a beautiful example of selflessness and sacrifice. Don't discount all that you have done, mamas. Because none of us have it all together. None of us are perfect. But we're doing our very best with God's strength. You know, for me, my mother and my grandmother's example has marked me, totally marked me. I don't know where I would be without my praying mom and my grandmothers. It just carried down the example of prayers of my grandmothers to, my, to me 
And then to my kids, from my parents, and Dino and I, it just continues. I love the scripture. If you'll turn to 2 Timothy 1.5, it says, I'm reminded. Paul is telling his spiritual son, Timothy, this. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, with, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded that now lives in you. Is that not a beautiful legacy? Church, is that not what we want? And I can see that in my family from generation to generation to generation. And that's what I want to see continue in our family for our children's children's children to continue that they have that sincere faith in Jesus. I have two grandmothers, and they couldn't be more different. I have a Mimi, and I had a Momo. They're both in heaven now cheering me on. But my Mimi was a very young grandmother, and I think she was 35 when I was born. And um, a brunette, but dyed her hair blonde, wore leather pants, high heels, lots of makeup. I mean, just, she had it going on. She was adorable, beautiful. But then we have my Momo, and I think we have a picture of my Momo. She was a true Momo. Now, look at her. Now, this was way back. This is not quite how I remembered her all the way with those glasses, but they weren't too far off from that. But my Momo was a Church of God woman. Never wore a pair of pants in her life. Now, now you can wear pants. But she never wore a pair of pants in her life and wore that little bun and, you know, not trying to be holy, but she was holy. And she was just the epitome of what a momo should be. And I adored her in every single way. So I had this momo and then the Mimi with the makeup and the leather pants and the blonde hair. Total different, but both godly. But this Momo, she marked me. She was an example. I'll never forget, she didn't have much in this world. She lived in a little mobile home, had holes in the floor in a lot of places. And I remember getting on my daddy and my uncle. How do you let Momo live in this? And we would go, though, to spend the night and just loved it. We loved her so much. Her husband had died many, many years ago, never knew my grandfather. And we would stay in the front room on the couch that pulled out to a bed. I don't know if you ever did that at your grandmother's house. And so her little bedroom wasn't very far back in the back bedroom, about 20 feet from us. And so we'd all go to bed at night, and she'd start praying. And I will never forget, I can still hear her prayers. She was a loud praying mama. (laughs) And mama, she prayed hard, and she prayed bold, and she prayed loudly. And we knew it was coming. It wasn't something put on. My sister and I would lay in that bed and just listen to her prayers. And she would call out every single one of her children. She had five children. My daddy was the youngest. She would call out every grandchild. I fit in that category. She would call out every great-grandchild. Every name before the Lord before she went to sleep every single night. And she would just pray God's best over them. They would walk in his righteousness. They would be who God called them to be. And I couldn't go to sleep till she called my name. I'd wait. I'd just lay there. And when I heard her saying, Lord, touch Delenn. Ah, it was like I could breathe. I would be okay. That marked me. Can I tell you? A woman of God. And when she passed away at her funeral, I'll never forget it. Packed out funeral. Her five children. And they get up before the congregation and they say, we rise and call our mom blessed. 
She was the epitome of a Proverbs 31 woman. She marked me her example. Another impact that moms can make, that we need to make, that is one of the most dear is the love of a mother. The love of a mother. Mm. When you just say it, you just feel that warmth. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Sometimes we just hear this scripture at weddings. We don't really dig deep into this scripture and read it every day for our personal devotion sometimes, right? But I know I need to. Let's read it. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I don't know about you, but I've never put my name in there in the place of love. But I was encouraged this week to do that. Delenn is patient, not always, not very often. Delenn is kind. She does not envy. She does not dishonor others. Try my best. But boy, when I get to that part, Delenn keeps no record of wrongs. Ooh, that's a hard one for me. That is a toughie. Because boy, I don't know about you, I can keep a record of wrongs. I can play that back. I can remind Dino, well, I remember in 1990, you were ugly to me that one day, and you said something about my mama. And you know what I mean? You, I can just, I can, I can remember. Isn't it funny how we can remember the wrong things sometimes more than the good things? And for our children, we need to keep no record of wrongs. We can put mom's name in. Mom is patient. Mom is kind. Put that in today. Mom always protects. She always trusts. She always hopes. She always perseveres. Wow, that's something to live up to. And then we can put God's name in there. Church, God is always patient. He's always kind. He never keeps a record of wrongs. Amen? He never does. He's not like us. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. And he always protects and trusts and hopes and perseveres. I just love that thought. You know, I think about besides God's love, I don't think there's anything sweeter than a mama's love. I think about Dino's precious mama. She's now in heaven. She died way too young. And she, Dino is, was her 13th pregnancy. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Maybe you struggled. Maybe you struggle with miscarriage. Maybe this can encourage your heart. Dino has one sister that's 10 years older than him. Then he has one that's five years older than him. And then there's Dino. She said, I'm going to give it one more try. He was her last try. How many of you know I'm glad she tried one more time and had that big old boy? <laughs> and they were so, you know, his daddy looked like Barney Fife. And they would always say, how did we have that big old boy? But they did. And just the prize, I mean, her pride and joy, two girls, and then their precious son. Ten miscarriages. The love of a mother to go through it one more time. To say, I'm going to try one more time. I love that. I don't know if I could have done it. I really don't. 
You know, I think about a mom's love is so unconditional. It's almost blind sometimes because we think our kids can do no wrong. We think they're the most beautiful, the smartest. I don't know if you do, but I do. And I can remember when my oldest was born, I had a long labor. I had a C-section, and she wasn't the prettiest baby. She had a cone head, and she was long and skinny. And I just thought, oh, that's not what I thought she would look like. <laughs> and I remember looking at her, and, and, and what do you do as a little young mama? You ask your mom. I said, do you think she's beautiful? <laughs> and she's like, oh, baby, she's going to get prettier and prettier. Don't you worry. That cone head's going to go down. I mean, she has swollen eyes, swollen face. She's, oh, she's beautiful, and she'll only get prettier. I'm like, okay, okay. Because, I, you know, I was trying to believe it. But, you know, we think our babies are beautiful. They could be as ugly as sin. And a mama's like, that's the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. Right? We believe it, but that's exactly how God feels about us. We are all his beautiful creation. We're all his favorites. Did you know that you're God's favorite? You're his pride and his joy. You're not here by accident. He predestined you before the foundations of the world to be here in this time. And he loves you no matter what we've done. We can't earn it. We can't mess up too many times. He adores us. He still loves us no matter what, just like a mama's love. I'll never forget one time, Bella, when she was little, we came home from church. She was about two years old, and she decided we had these uh, neighbors across the street with five little girls, and they went to our church too, but somehow they beat us home, and we had Popeye's chicken in the car. We were ready to eat. In there, isn't it great fried chicken on Sundays after church? Maybe you're having that today. It sounds really good. But we had our Popeye's chicken. We were ready. She was little. I'm holding her. We're trying to get her in, and the neighbor's kids were standing in the yard waiting on my kids to get home. And so Bella sees them, and what does she want to do? Oh, I want to go play with the girls. She just thought they were the coolest in the world. And so she starts crying because she wants to play. And we're like, no, you can't play. You have to eat lunch, and then you can play. But, you know, a two-year-old does not understand that. And so she starts crying. And she starts crying so hard that she does that cry where nothing comes out. You know, just, you know, and just it's silence. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And I'm holding her, and she just passes out. And so I'll never forget it. Um, I'm like, what just happened? Oh, my goodness. And this has never happened before with any of my kids. So we immediately, our youth pastor's there with us that day. Um, my mom and dad are there. And we rush her over to the sofa. And just thinking she's going to be fine in a couple seconds, she just, you know, got upset. She's fine. Well, she is, like, lifeless. And I am panicking, thinking, has she died? Like, what? I have no idea what has happened. But she had passed out, and so our youth pastor starts doing CPR. He's doing CPR. Where is Bella's daddy? He has just ran out the house and is screaming to the world, call 911. I'm like, who are you talking to? He's like, anybody that'll listen. I mean, I'm just like, he panics, and, you know, I have to go tend to the child. So he just screams out, call 911. So somebody heard it and calls 911. And so we're trying to, to help this child, and he's doing CPR. I can barely remember it. I'm like, okay, do it, do it, hurry, hurry. You know, we're, we're all just panicking. My parents are there, and nothing's happening. He's giving her breaths. Nothing is happening. And I'm like, how long has it been? Oh, my gosh, you know, you're so worried. What is going to happen here? And I remember finally he couldn't do it. And so I said, you know what, let me in there. And I got in there, and I, did, I couldn't remember all the one, two, threes of CPR, but I just, I I just gave her the biggest breath possible over her entire face, I think. And that baby just came to. 
I'll never forget it. I'll say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, they had gotten there. The ambulance took her to the hospital. Come to find out, the doctor's like, she's totally fine. Her brain activity is fine. Not to worry, but she is a fit thrower. And she's going to do it again. And so you need to have a water bottle ready because she will do it again. And she did. And down the road, all of my kids are now fainters like their daddy. He faints. He cannot see blood. In two seconds, he's passed out. So (laughs) they all faint. But thank goodness she grew out of the fit throwing. Okay, we better hurry. Number four. (laughs) Dino's down here. It's over. It's true. He had knee surgery. He looked down at it, passed out on the bathroom floor. The power of a mother. The power of a mother. Man, can, can I tell you, you hold power in your home, mamas? Never underestimate the power that you have in that home, the power that you have with those children, with your spouse. They are looking to you. You know, my kids, they can pick up so easily if I'm just a little off that day. Maybe it's nothing even major, just a little something, just maybe, you know, someone said something that upset me just a little bit, and I can be a little off, and they're like, Mom, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to hide it. You know, I'm good. I'm good. But they don't like it, do they? When mom's just a little off, they want mom to be okay because it makes them feel safe. It makes them feel good and comforting and comforted. Because it's that old saying, right? If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. They want mama good, then they can be good, right? But we've got to be that thermostat moms in the home. For your family. Help keep that temperature just right in your homes. Noticing if something's not right. Noticing if your husband needs something. Noticing if your kids are going the wrong way and pull them back in. You know, my dad used to always tell me, you can't schedule when your kids need you. You better just be available. And how many of you know it's never when it's convenient for us? <laughs> it's usually midnight and we're so tired and we can barely keep one eye open and they're wanting to talk. But we have got to be there. We've got to be available. Can I leave you with three applications this morning under the power of a mother? And number one is profess. Three Ps I'm going to give you. Profess. We've got to speak life over our families. Come on, mamas. We've got to speak life over our children on what we want to see. Not what we see, but what we want to see in faith in the name of Jesus. I know I can just, what I see, I want to fix, and I want to worry, and I want to fret. But we've got to profess. They will be generous. They will be all God has called them to be. They will love others and serve others. They will be faithful to the house of God. They will serve God all the days of their life. Amen? We've got to profess it, not just what we see. And we've got to, number two, pray. Pray. How many praying mamas do we have here? How many of you wouldn't be here without a praying mama? Mm. There is nothing like a praying mama. Don't give up, moms. I love the scripture, Nehemiah 4.14. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. Mamas, this isn't a time to be passive and to put your head in the sand. It's a time to rise up and to fight for your families because the world is fighting for them. They want their attention. 
But you better fight. You better get in the gap. You better get on your knees, amen, and fight. No more of these just sweet mama prayers. You know what I mean? I prayed them. Lord, just, you know, help Dylan and help him to do good and bless him and help him to, you know, do good at his football game and make straight A's. No, Jesus, pray the word. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. In the name of Jesus, greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. That all things work together for good. They are the head, they are not the tail. I mean, pray it. They will not bow to the pressures of this world. They will stand strong. Amen? We got to pray when we feel like praying, when we don't feel like praying, and pray until you feel like praying, and then pray some more. We got to pray, mamas. And then the third thing is we've got to proclaim. Proclaim. Proclaim victory. That song that we sang today, oh, this is how I fight my battles. I love that. Victory in the name of Jesus. Everything we need is in the name of Jesus. Victory in our homes. Pray, proclaim that the enemy won't win. Proclaim Jesus in your home, that your family will stay together, that your child, your wayward child will come back, your addicted child, that will be broken over his life. Amen? That we won't give up. Claim your breakthrough today. There's no reason to wait till tomorrow. Claim it today. Proclaim the name of Jesus over your family. Sometimes that's all I feel like I can say is the name of Jesus. Maybe it's too painful of a situation. I don't even know how to pray. And I just say, Jesus. I don't know about you, but this last year, it's, it's been hard at times. And there's this old song that I've been just singing over and over. Maybe you know it. And it just talks about Jesus' name. And I just love it. And I just, I just sing it to encourage me. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his holy name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Mm. The sweetest name. Can I ask you this morning, young people, do you know the God of your mother? Do you know the God of your grandmother? Do you know him? Do you know him as your master, as your savior? This isn't a day to put it off. You know, maybe you're a mom and you're just having a hard time and you're so worried about your kids. God sees. God hears your prayers. He sees every tear. You know, the Bible says that he bottles our tears. I always say I have a big bottle in heaven. Because the older I get, the more I cry. He bottles our tears. That's how much he cares. 
reach out to him today, church. Reach out to him, mamas. Reach out to him, sons and daughters. Decide that you need Jesus. He's waiting. There's no condemnation. There's only love. There's only forgiveness. On this Mother's Day, May 9th, 2021, I want to read Psalm 67, 1 over you as before you leave. May God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine upon you. Why don't you take your family member by the hand and let's just pray over this message in your heart as we close out this morning. Father, thank you that you are God and that you are with us in the highs and in the lows, on the mountaintops and the valleys, that you fight our battles. And God, we just, we proclaim victory today over every household, over every child, over every marriage, over every mama and every woman, that there will be victory. Lord, and strength and joy to be brought back. That this would be the start of something new that you're doing in every life. And we give you the praise and we give you the honor. And everybody said, amen.